Well, let's go ahead and take our Bibles at this time and go back to the book of Matthew, Matthew 22, and where we were this morning. Uh, it's kind of, we had a halftime uh, today. Uh, we had uh, the first half was this morning, and now the second half is tonight. And uh, we had halftime between uh, the services, so we had a lot longer of a halftime, and I guarantee our halftime show was a lot better than the one that's going to be in a little while. Uh, but uh, Matthew chapter 22, and uh, if you would join me in standing, we're not going to read that whole passage again. We're just going to read uh, verse 36 through verse 39. Verse 36 through verse 39, that lawyer asked Jesus a question. And verse 36, the question was, Master, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. And let's pray together, and we'll get into the message tonight. Lord, thank you for uh, just the, the wonderful day today, and thank you for allowing us to be part of this church family. God, I pray that you'd uh, bless this uh, portion of the message tonight. Um, thank you for what you did this morning, but uh, Lord, now we pray that you would work, work again and uh, help us, Lord, to be drawn closer to you and to each other and uh, to our purpose in reaching out uh, with the gospel. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Well, again, today is Cornerstone Care Sunday, and this morning we looked at the fact that we are to, as a result of that, care about Christ. Uh, first of all, we uh, spent some time talking about Him, and the reason we are to care about Christ is because He first cared about us, and we love Him because He first loved us, and we are to cast all our care upon Him. Why? Because He careth for you. And we talked about how we are to express that care for the Lord. Uh, we saw that we were to care about the Lord Jesus uh, by caring for His Holy Word, enough to read it, enough to uh, memorize it, enough to uh, hide its words in our hearts and think about it, and then most of all, live it out in our everyday life. We are to uh, care about His Word, then we're also to care about His uh, house of worship. And uh, we talked about the importance of being faithful to the Lord's house because of what He did for it and how much He cares about it. Uh, he cared about it so much that He gave His life for it and He shed His blood for it. He purchased it with His own blood. blood. And so we are to not forsake the assembling of ourselves together. We, we've talked about that. Then we, then we talked about the fact that we are not only to care about Christ, but also we're to care about our church family. And uh, for here, we're in verse number 39. The second is like unto it, the second commandment, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. And Brother Luke, I'm kind of going through the outline uh, pretty quickly. So I don't know if you can kind of catch up with me. That would be a wonderful thing. <laughs> There we are. Look at that. Just magic. Good work. Good work. Okay. So we are to care about our church family. And uh, verse 39 says, uh, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. 
And we talked about the fact is we are to, yes, care about uh, everybody, but especially those who are within the family of God, our brothers and sisters in Christ. And we talked about uh, two areas or two ways that we can care about our church family. This morning we mentioned, I mentioned that we should care about our church family to the point where we are willing to bear burdens, bear one another's burdens. Uh, in, a, in a prayerful manner, but also in a practical manner where we're willing to actually do some things to help if it's within our power and ability to do so. To not just say, be warmed and filled and go your way and I hope everything works out for you when we have the ability to be the answer to some of their needs. So to bear burdens, but then we talked about and we ended with this thought to bless the children. Uh, the importance of ministering and reaching our children with the gospel of Christ and showing them love and showing them care and concern and interest and investing in them, how important that is. And, and yeah, when we have here at Cornerstone Baptist Church, we have Vacation Bible School, and it's a lot of work. It costs a lot of money, and it's intense, and it's all hands on deck. We need everybody involved. Um, but it's for the children. And, and you say, well, hey, we've had BBS here, and, and we don't see, we, we have a good crowd here. We don't see a lot of them come back. That, that may be true, but um, here, here's, here's the deal. Um, we're not doing it to get our church to become huge. We're doing it to bless the children in our community. And uh, we don't know what kind of seeds that we're planting at these uh, vacation Bible schools that are going to end up... Uh, bringing in them to our church. Uh, I do believe, if I'm not mistaken, uh, the, the, the family that was standing right here during baby dedication this morning uh, came first through Vacation Bible School. The goods came through Vacation Bible School. And uh, just newer members here in the church, and Ashley has a powerful handshake. She can make me jump up and down if you haven't already seen that. Um, she has a powerful handshake. But we are to bless the children. We're to invest in these young, young, young lives for the Lord's glory because, again, they are the church of today and then also tomorrow. Uh, us older folk, we're the church of today, but uh, we're not sure if we're going to be around tomorrow, okay? Um, and, uh, and I know that you're like, speak for yourself, Pastor. I want to be around tomorrow. I do too. That's the plan. And I want to be around for a long time, but... Uh, but these young people are going to be taking our place eventually, and, and we need to be preparing them for that. And it requires us bringing them to Jesus and doing what we can. So we talked about that quite a bit this morning. Now, let's go ahead and pick it up there uh, tonight with number three here. How can we care for one another? Well, we band together as a church family. We have uh, and, and work at unity. And I'm going to ask everybody to turn to Acts chapter number two. We're going to look at the early church, and I want us to kind of even, as we, as we look at the early church, uh, the first century church here, I want us to even think about Cornerstone Baptist Church in recent weeks and months. All right, Acts chapter number 2 and verse number 41, it says this, On the day of Pentecost, then they that gladly received his word were baptized, and the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. Verse 42, And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, fellowship, and in breaking of bread and in prayers. 
And fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. And notice this in verse 44. And all that believed were together and had all things common. And then um, notice this in verse 46. And they continuing daily with one accord in the temple. And that's not talking about a Honda sedan. That's talking about the fact that they were all banded together. They continued daily with one accord in the temple, breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness. And notice this, singleness of heart. There, there was unity all over this church family. Now, now here's the deal, if you can get in your mind here. There was a church uh, of about 120 people. And that's what was in Acts chapter number 1. Uh, they're praying right before the day of, uh, right before the, uh, uh, the day of Pentecost came. And uh, 120 people in the room. And I was, I was thinking about our church, Cornerstone Baptist Church. You, you kind of go back in time a little bit, maybe six months or so down the road, down, down back in time. Uh, we had a church of about 120. And then somehow the Lord has started to bring newer folks into our church on a pretty regular basis. And now it's not to the degree it was there on the day of Pentecost. But there wasn't, if you read here in, in, in the verses I just read a few minutes ago, a moments ago, in verse 44 and 40, 46, there, there's a unity, there's, there, there's a banding together, there's one accord, there's singleness of heart. And it wasn't like the 120 were sitting there going, well, look at all these new people. Like, there's a lot of them, and I, I don't know any of their names. We were here first. And they're sitting in my seat. They took my parking place. I imagine that that was a temptation, but that is not the heartbeat of that church. There was a unity there. There was a banding together. There was a, a common bond now. And, and, and I, I guarantee that there was just an excitement there about, hey, we've got some new believers in the fold, and we're so glad to have them part. See, here at Cornerstone Baptist Church, as our church has been growing, we need to uh, intentionally, diligently, deliberately work at staying united and together. And, and it's going to take a little bit more work than it used to be. When, when, when one member would come every you know, six months, well, that's a little easier to you know, deal with. But as more and more folks come, we're going to have to really work at staying united and being together as a church family and not having this, well, we've been here forever, and then the people who are newer. We, we want to be one church. See, Paul chided the church at Corinth for being divided. In 1 Corinthians 1 and verse 10, Paul said this, I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that ye all speak the same thing, and that there be no divisions among you, but that ye be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. He said, For it hath been declared unto me of you, my brethren, by them which are of the house of Chloe, that there are contentions among you. And then he goes on to start dealing with some of those contentions, and we won't get into that tonight, but um, look, let's not let personality or petty things cause us to be divided here at Cornerstone Baptist Church. 
Because what ends up happening with that is then, 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 then me as a pastor, then, then I have to become a fireman. And I'm fighting the wrong fires. That's right. I mean, I, there, there, are, there are flames, there are people to rescue from the flames, and we just sung a song about it, rescue the perishing. That's what we're to be doing, not, not having to put out fires in the church. And, and sometimes it's like I have to put on my fire uh, chief hat and, and put out fires in the church when I, when I should be going out and rescuing the perishing and caring for the dying. See, we need to put away some of these petty things. And, 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 it, and look, rather than let these petty things cause division, let's instead choose to deal with things biblically. And, and if there's something that, that, that comes up that's an offense to you, um, between you and me perhaps, or between uh, you and someone else in the church, rather than trying to get everybody on your side... Let's go to the person biblically. That's the biblical pattern. And uh, you say, well, they should come to me because they offended me. They should come apologizing to me. Do you know, and I, we don't have time to go into a full Bible study on this. This is a different message for a little bit later on. But if you have been... If you know you have offended somebody, if you are the offender, you have a responsibility to go to that person. But if you've been offended, you also have a responsibility to go to that person. Because they may not, the person who offended you may not even, it may be completely oblivious to them that they offended you. But if you can't get past it, you need to go and deal with it. And uh, the references for that are Matthew chapter number 5 and Matthew chapter 18. And I would encourage you to write those down and look at those passages because Matthew 5 says, if you know you have something, some, someone has something against you because of something you did, you need to go deal with that. If you know you offended them, and uh, you, you need to go deal with that. Matthew 18 is, if you've been offended, you need to go to that person. You need to go deal with that. Now, ideally, you know, hey, we can just let those things go. But if you can't let it go, then go deal with it. Instead of letting it cause division in the church. Because, look, we have a job to do here as a church. We want to bring glory to God, number one. And it's hard to do that when there's a lot of division going on. And we have a whole community to reach with the gospel. And it's very difficult to do that if we're divided. Okay? Uh, so uh, we need to band together. Uh, Paul instructed the church at Philippi to band together. In Philippians 1.27, he said, Only let your conversation be as it becometh the gospel of Christ, that whether I come and see you or else be absent, I may hear of your affairs, that ye stand fast in one spirit, with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. Striving together. Not striving against each other, striving together. We're one body, we're one unit going uh, to uh, fulfill God's will for our church. Philippians 2.2, 2, uh, Paul continued this, this, this chain of thought. He said, fulfill you my joy that ye be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Now, that doesn't mean that we have to agree on everything. In fact, I'm very much in a disagreement with uh, the folks on this second row right here uh, this evening. 
And uh, no, I'm kidding about that. But um, I, I know we all have differences. We're, we're you, everybody's unique. Everybody's a little different and um, all of those things. And, and that's, that's fine. But we, we need to agree when it comes to this. Um, A.W. Tozer, in The Pursuit of God, he wrote this. Has it ever occurred to you that 100 pianos, all tuned to the same fork, are automatically tuned to each other? They are of one accord by being tuned not to each other, but to another standard to which each one must individually bow. And then he says, so 100 worshipers meeting together, each one looking away to Christ, are in heart nearer to each other than they could possibly be were they to become unity conscious and turn their eyes away from God to strive for closer fellowship. So here's the point. Rather than us kind of really trying to work it, uh, being united, uh, let's just each individually strive to be close to God. And when we do that, guess what? We're going to be united. And uh, let's let's each of us have a, a close relationship with God. Now, one great way to keep unity in our church is by focusing on fellowship. And here at Cornerstone Baptist Church this year, we're trying to ramp up our fellowship times that uh, we have organized here uh, at our church. Uh, We have uh, coming up, not this Wednesday, but the following one. Okay, so um, I I don't want to get everybody excited about this Wednesday. It's it's the following Wednesday. Uh, We're going to be having our first ever FMW which is our Fellowship Meal Wednesday. So it's February 22nd, and it's going to be at 5.30 in the Fellowship Hall. I do want to encourage everybody to come to that and enjoy some good food, uh, but most importantly, some fellowship and uh, opportunity to get to know one another. And during these fellowship times, I know that the temptation is to, to, to gravitate towards the people that we're familiar with, that we know, that we are um, friends with, and we, we've known for a long time. But uh, with all the newer folks in our church, we're going to have to get out of our comfort zone a little bit and uh, try to include some of these newer folks into our fellowship group. All right, so um, that's one thing we're trying this year to try to ramp up some fellowship. But then a new one that I want to announce tonight, and that is, I'm excited about this one, fast food fellowships, mainly because it's alliterated, and I like alliteration. But what we're going to do is, uh, after church on Sunday nights, uh, periodically, maybe about once every couple months or every three months or something of that nature, to start with, we're going to encourage everybody after a, a Sunday night service where we don't have a lot kind of going on, uh, then to encourage people to go to like Brahms and or uh, like having two options, Brahms and, and maybe a Freddy's or something like that. And then just encourage people, hey, go pick one and uh, go enjoy some food. If you want to eat, if you don't want to eat there, that's okay. But go anyway and enjoy some, uh, get, get an ice cream. And if you want to be really healthy, uh, maybe bring some carrots or something like that before. And, and just bring some carrots and enjoy that. And enjoy just visiting with people and, and getting to know one another in a, in a, outside of the, the church campus here. So we're going to do that on, on, a, on a few occasions as we go through the year. And I'm excited about that. And I think that that'll just help us to get to know one another with, with, with the newer folks in our church. We, we do want to try to get to know them, give them opportunities, give you opportunities to fellowship with 
with one another. But, but you don't have to wait, by the way, uh, for those to happen. And, uh, and the Apostle, Potter, Peter, Apostle Peter encouraged us, uh, sorry, the Apostle Peter encouraged us to uh, use hospitality one to another without grudging. So you don't have to wait till we have one of these organized times to get to know people. You could invite somebody over to your home. You could invite someone out to eat. You could try to get to know someone um, outside of church um, on your own, and I would encourage you to do that. Um, we do need to try to develop this unity, again, most importantly, by each individually being close to the Lord, but also looking for opportunities for fellowship. Now, times may definitely get tough in the not-so-distant future, and it's going to be very important for us to be banded together in unity so that we can be used of God to reach this community with the gospel. Again, if we're so busy dealing with division, it's going to be very difficult for us to uh, get the gospel out. We're, we're not going to have God's power, and uh, we're certainly not going to have the desire to do it. And uh, no one's going to want to invite their family or friends to church here when there's a lot of division going on. Uh, but when there's unity and there's a united spirit here, there, there's just nothing that beats it. I mean, it's just a sweet, sweet spirit. And it's, um, well, this is into my notes, so I'm, I'm dangerous in trying to find it here. Um, but uh, Psalm 133, I think, is where it is. I'm 90% sure. Yes, it is. Psalm 133, verse number 1. Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. How good and how pleasant it is when brethren can dwell together in unity. It's a wonderful thing. So uh, we need to care about our church family enough to um, band together. And then uh, fourthly here, uh, last thought under this, this particular point, uh, and that is we need to care enough about our church family that we, are, that we be involved, that we be involved. Now, Ephesians chapter 4 and verse number 11 and 12 says, He gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, some teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. See, one way we can really show one another that we really genuinely care for one another is by being involved in the work of God. Now, tonight, as most of you know, a football game is being played in Arizona. And someone once said that most churches are like a football game. 22 people on the field, badly in need of rest, and 72,000 people in the stands watching those 22 people, but those 72,000 people in the stands are badly in need of exercise. Um, and that, 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 that sometimes does describe many churches, right? 72,000 people in the stands badly in need of exercise watching 22 people badly in need of rest. It does seem like many churches have just a few of the people doing the work while the rest watch and, and sadly sometimes even critique those who are doing the work. And, and it's easy to do that. I mean, tonight when we all go home, we're going to be like, why didn't he do that? Like, seriously, did he not see that guy? He was wide open. And we're all going to kind of know how to, uh, you know, play the game better than the guys playing the game. Because our perspective is a little different. Look, um, I believe that God's desire for every church, including ours, 
is that every person would be involved in the work here. That every member would be a minister, that each and every saint would be a servant. That no one would be just okay with being on the sidelines, but that everyone would desire to help in whatever way is needed. 1 Peter 4.10 says, As every man hath received a gift, even so minister the same to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. If any man speak, let him speak as the oracles of God. If any man minister, let him do it as of the ability which God giveth, that God in all things may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom be praise and dominion forever and ever. Amen. And so here's, here's the, the point of that. Uh, everyone who is saved has received uh, spiritual gifts. And uh, you and I now need to be good stewards of those gifts and exercise them and use them within the context of the local church. And not so that we could pat ourselves on the back for the great job we do, but so that we would ultimately give God glory. It says that, in, that God in all things may be glorified. It's not about you know, lifting us up. It's about giving glory to God. I remember being on the freshman football team in high school. I remember one of my teammates, his name was Brent, and uh, he, was, he was the running back. And uh, he, was, he was a pretty good running back. And I remember him on the sideline when I was on the sideline because the coach didn't really want to put me in. <laughs> I wasn't that good. Um, but I remember being on the sideline and him, him over there, and he was right by the coach. And he was just chomping the bit to get in the game. And he was over by the coach, and, and, and he had a helmet on, and he was ready to go in the game. He's like, Coach, put me in. Put me in. Call a play where it's, you know, and put me in. And, and finally, the coach was like, all right, fine, fine. We'll do that. He just wanted to get this kid off his, you know, uh, off his ear right there, uh, asking him to put him in. But, but I thought about that, and I thought, you know, how many... How many Christians are content with being on the sideline and saying, you know what, no, no, just let, let someone else do it? And especially as we age, as we get a little older in life, it's kind of like, you know, it's time for me to retire. Um, I, my name is Tom Brady. It's time for me to retire again. <laughs> no, um, we, we need to... No, no matter how old, God's given us breath. God wants us in the game, okay? There's something we can do. It may not be what we used to be able to do. You may not be able to play the same position you used to play, but you can be involved in the game at some point, in some level. And, and my, my, my desire is that each of us would have a desire to get in the game, to, um, to have the desire to put me in, coach, put me in, let, let, me, let me play. Now, tonight... Um, I was, I was thinking about this. I was thinking, you know, here at Cornerstone Baptist Church, there are several areas that uh, we do need help with and that you could be involved in the game. Now, this is more important than a game, by the way. This is the eternal work of God. And this is something that um, is a true honor to be able to serve the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. So tonight we have a ministry interest form that we're going to go ahead and pass out at this time. And I want to give this to every person. Now, as we're giving this out, I do want to mention um, what we have as a policy here at Cornerstone Baptist Church is um, on serving in ministry, you really need to be a member of the church to be involved in ministry. And so tonight, if you're not a member of Cornerstone Baptist Church, 
we can change that. We can talk to you and help you become a member of Cornerstone Baptist Church, as many have uh, joined in recent days. And so ministry interests form. I'm going to take a moment and read through some of these and just briefly explain them. I, I don't want to take a long time here. Um, but I'd like, I'd like everybody to fill these out. Now, this isn't to say that you're going to start serving in this particular ministry tomorrow. All right, this is just for us to understand what you're interested in so that when we have a need in some of these areas, then uh, we can call upon you to help with that. Because um, sometimes we have a need and it's hard to know who would like and be interested in that. And so we have some ministries here. If you take a moment to fill out your name and, and uh, all that, and I know mostly we have that, but um, this will help us to know who is interested in what. And then select all the ministries you're interested in. So we have the audio-visual ministry as an, as an option there. We have sound and screens, um, which is what uh, Brother Luke is doing right now and uh, doing a good job at that. Um, and we have had uh, several men uh, yoke up with that and join that ministry. But if you're not yet part of that, but you'd like to be, uh, sign, that, sign up for that, our live stream ministry. Video production and editing, if you have some skill or interest in doing that, um, then that would be good for us to know. Um, because we have uh, limited ability and skill in that area um, as a staff. I mean, we, we do what we can. Um, and uh, But if you have some, some ability in that, that would be a blessing. Photography, uh, graphic design, social media. If you have interest in helping with some of these, um, then let us know. Then for the public services, um, we have the usher ministry, greeter ministry, our century ministry. This is our security ministry. Is um, We have someone every service who stands on guard who is armed and... Uh, watching the campus and making sure that uh, we are safe and that's their ministry for that particular service if you'd be interested in helping with that let us know children's ministry we have nursery uh, child check-in that's brand new um, we just started this uh, a couple weeks ago was it last week it was last week we just started this with the nursery where we're using the uh, the new app that we have uh, to be able to check in uh, digitally, and that gives us a digital record of their um, attendance, and then there's a security feature with that, with the stickers and whatnot. Um, so we are needing somebody to help with before Sunday school with that, and then also between Sunday school and the morning service. If you'd be interested in helping with that, if you could let us know, that would be a great blessing. Vacation Bible School, um, whether you sign up or not, we're probably going to ask you to help, okay? But, uh, uh, but if you sign up, that'll make it easier to say, hey, you signed up. That would be wonderful. Okay, teen and adult ministry, uh, if you're interested in helping with the teen ministry, it's not to say that, again, we're going to, you know, that's what you're going to start serving next week. It's just whenever there's an activity, perhaps, that requires some extra help, uh, it'd be nice to know maybe who to call on uh, for that. A ladies' ministry, um, yeah, there's uh, several uh, opportunities there with activities and retreats and things like that. Men's ministry, um, and then couples' ministry as well. Um, and then we have some events, uh, event ministry, if you enjoy decorating, um, if you enjoy throw pillows, 
for instance, um, then maybe you could sign up and be a part of that. Um, so I will not be signing up for that. Um, if you also enjoy doing food prep, um, you know, cooking for events, um, that would be good to know who would be interested in helping with that. And, and maybe you're not doing food prep, but anything in the kitchen, you, you're, you know your way around a kitchen and you'd like to help with that. Uh, that's there. Um, event tea and lemonade prep. Uh, that's kind of a, a, strange, a pretty specific thing, but um, it, it'd be a blessing whenever we have events. Um, we usually do uh, make tea and lemonade, and, and uh, if you would be interested in helping with that from time to time, um, that would be a blessing to have you sign up for that. Music ministry, if you play an instrument and uh, would like to be involved in our music ministry in that way, there we go. Um, support ministry, we have several options here. If you uh, wouldn't mind volunteering in the office, uh, there's property maintenance. If you're kind of a handyman and willing to help around the, 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 the campus with different needs, there we go. Uh, meals for those in need. I mentioned this this morning. Um, we do like to try to provide meals for those going through difficult times uh, with a loss of a loved one, with um, a, uh, a surgery, and uh, we do provide meals for those. Um, but we want to give new people an opportunity to sign up to be a part of this. Um, and uh, so that's why that's their prayer ministry. Um, just if you kind of want to keep stay in the loop with different prayer requests so that not so that you can just like want to know everything going on, but so that you can actually bring those requests before the Lord. There we go. And then um, coffee set up and clean up. Um, every uh, Sunday morning we do have a couple that comes in um, and sets all that up. And then after it's over, they clean it up. Um, but if you wouldn't, if you wouldn't mind helping with that from time to time, if they're not able to, then that's available. Uh, Sunday morning leaf blowing. That's quite a ministry title. Yeah, I'm the Sunday morning leaf blower. <laughs> what do you do for the Lord? I blow leaves. Hey, it's an, it's an important ministry because what happens here, uh, the fall and even the winter, uh, a lot of the leaves kind of get blown right in front of the front entrance right, right back here. And before the service, um, we need to have somebody blow those leaves off of there. And, and for the longest time, Miss, Miss Pat, Brother Tom would do that. And uh, that, was, that was his ministry. And uh, we've had to kind of figure out how to cover that. But, but if you'd be interested in coming a little early to take care of that, that would be a blessing. And then outreach ministries here, visitation and follow-up and door knocking and uh, missions committee if you're interested in that. So there's, there's some good options here to be involved in the ministry. And uh, we, um, what we're going to do is... Um, We'll have, uh, we're we're going to actually have a table in the back um, on the way out. If you could take this and just set it on that table, you can turn it upside down if you want to, if you don't want everybody to see all the answers you gave. Uh, but uh, we'll have a table there, and if you could put those over there, that would be a great blessing. Um, so, again, back to the message here. So we are to care for our church family, and we are to care enough to bear one another's burdens. We are to care enough to bless the children. Care enough to band together, care enough to be involved in the ministry. Okay, number three, a last thought here. Let's wrap this up with this thought. We are to also care about our community. We care about our community. Again, Matthew twenty-two thirty-nine: to love our neighbors as ourselves. 
Loving our neighbor absolutely means loving those within our church family, but it also means loving those outside of the walls of our church. It means loving those who perhaps would be different than us. In Luke's gospel account, there was a lawyer who asked Jesus who his neighbor was, if you remember that. Jesus went on then to share the account of the Good Samaritan. The Samaritan who saw a Jew who was beaten and left for dead. The man was different from him culturally, religiously. They were from different sides of the tracks, and yet he cared about him. He cared about his neighbor. Now, we need to love our neighbor, including those who are different from us, those who are perhaps even uh, have different beliefs than us, different religions than us, different political parties than us. You mean you're saying that we need to care about the Democrats in our community? Wow, that's a big ask, Eric. <laughs> uh, that's what Jesus told us to do, to love our neighbors ourselves. Who then is our neighbor? Someone who believes differently than us. Does this include the LGBTQ plus community? Yeah, it does. We are to love those who are caught up in sinful lifestyles. That doesn't mean we tolerate and approve of their lifestyle. No, but we can show love. We can uh, care about them. Now, what about those with different skin colors than us? Oh, yes. Because red and yellow, black and white, they're all precious in His sight. That doesn't make a difference to God, and it shouldn't make a difference to us. So we're to care about our community and to love our neighbor as ourself. Now, Jesus didn't... By the way, you, you think about Jesus. And we learned this morning that Jesus cares about us. And, and we're pretty different from Him, aren't we? I mean, you think about Jesus. He's pure. He's sinless. He's the Holy One. And we are the polar opposite. And yet He loved us anyway. And He cared about us. So as we uh, look at those in our lives who aren't in our church, who are outside of this church, we, we are to care about them. Now, how can we genuinely care for our community? I'm glad I asked that question because I have a couple answers here. First of all, we can genuinely care for our community first by showing goodness. We can show that we care by showing goodness. Think about the verse in uh, Acts chapter number 10 and verse 20, 38, Acts 10, 38. It said, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. But he went about doing good. Is that not what we should be doing in our community? Jesus said in Matthew 5 and verse 16, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works. And glorify your Father which is in heaven. You see, we don't do good works in order to be saved. We do good works because we already are saved. And we are to be a good example and show goodness to those around us. Titus 2 and verse 15. Talking about Christ who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people zealous of good works. We're to be zealous of good works. Ephesians 2.10, one more verse here. For we are His workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. 
I believe it was Theodore Roosevelt who said this, and uh, this quote is attributed to a lot of different people. The best one I, the best in my research I can find it was Theodore Roosevelt was where it originated, but it may be not. Maybe it was somebody different. But the point is, here's the quote. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Now, obviously, this is so true. And so, as a result, let's follow the example of Christ and go about doing good. So, let's be kind to those around us. Well, they're, they, don't, they drive Chevys and not a Ford. They're OSU fans. Do I really have to be nice to them? They are our neighbors. Yes, we do. Let's be kind. Let's smile and show the joy of the Lord in our lives. Let's hold doors for people. Let's help where we can and, and be friendly to our neighbors and show goodness to those around us. Let's be, I'm simply saying, let's be the salt of the earth. Salt make things taste better. Let's endure in endeavor to uh, let those around us see that Jesus is real. He does exist and he's made a difference in our lives. So, how can we show that we care about our community? Well, we do so by showing goodness. But then secondly, and finally, by sharing the gospel. We need to share the gospel. I want everybody to turn real quickly to Psalm 142. Psalms 142. Verse number 1, Psalm 142 and verse number 1, I cried unto the Lord with my voice. With my voice unto the Lord did I make my supplication. I poured out my complaint before him. I showed before him my trouble. When my spirit was overwhelmed within me, then thou knowest my path. In the way wherein I walked, have they privily laid a snare for me? And here we come to verse number 4, one of the saddest verses in the Bible. I looked on my right hand, and beheld there was no man that would know me. Refuge failed me. No man cared for my soul. No man cared for my soul. I don't really want anybody in Moore, Oklahoma, to be able to say, no man cared for my soul. Because God has placed us here. God desires that we would care about the souls of those in our community. We need to care enough to share the gospel. Now I'm going to read something uh, that's a little bit lengthy. I hope that you'll pay attention and that this will make an impact in your life as it did me. Now it came to pass that a group existed who called themselves fishermen. And lo, there were many fish in the waters all around. In fact, the whole area was surrounded by streams and lakes filled with fish. And fish, they were hungry. Week after week, month after month, and year after year, those who called themselves fishermen met in meetings and talked about their call to fish, the abundance of fish, and how they might go about fishing. Year after year, they carefully defined what fishing means, defending fishing as an occupation, and declared that fishing is always to be a primary task of fishermen. 
Continually they searched for new and better methods of fishing and for new and better definitions of fishing. Further, they said the fishing industry exists by fishing as fire exists by burning. They love slogans such as, fishing is a task of every fisherman, and every fisherman is a fisher, and a fisherman's outpost for every fisherman's club. They sponsored special meetings called Fisherman's Campaigns and the Month for Fishermen to Fish. They sponsored costly nationwide and worldwide congresses to discuss fishing, to promote fishing, and hear about all the ways of fishing, such as the new fishing equipment, fish calls, and whether any new bait was discovered. These fishermen built large, beautiful buildings called fishing headquarters. The plea was that everyone should be a fisherman and that every fisherman should fish. But one thing they didn't do, however, they didn't fish. In addition to meeting regularly, they organized a board to send out fishermen to other places where there were many fish. All the fishermen seemed to agree that what is needed is a board which could challenge fishermen to be faithful in fishing. The board was formed by those who had the great vision and courage to speak about fishing, to define fishing and to promote the idea of fishing in faraway streams and lakes where many other fish of different colors lived. Also, the board hired staffs and appointed committees and held many meetings to define fishing, to defend fishing, and to decide what new streams should be thought about. But the staff and the committee members, well, sadly, they did not fish. Large, elaborate, and expensive training centers were built whose original and primary purpose was to teach fishermen how to fish. Over the years, courses were offered on the needs of fish, the nature of fish, and where to find fish, the psychological reactions of fish, and how to approach and feed fish. Those who taught had doctorates in fishology, but the teachers, they did not fish. They only taught fishing. Year after year after tedious training, many were graduated and given fishing license. They were sent to do full-time fishing, some to distant waters that were filled with fish. Some spent much study and travel to learn the history of fishing and to see faraway places where the founding fathers did great fishing in centuries past. They lauded the faithful fishermen of years before who handed down the idea of fishing. Further, the fishermen built large printing houses to publish fishing guides. Presses were kept busy day and night to produce materials solely devoted to fishing methods, equipment, and programs to arrange and to encourage meetings to talk about fishing. Speakers Bureau was also provided to schedule special speakers on the subject of fishing. Many who felt the call to be fishermen responded. They were commissioned and sent to fish. But like the fishermen back home, they never fished. Like the fishermen back home, they engaged in all kinds of other occupations. They built power plants to pump water for fish and tractors to plow new waterways. They made all kinds of equipment to travel here and there to look at fish hatcheries. Some also said they wanted to be part of the fishing party, but they felt called to furnish fishing equipment. Others felt their job was to relate to the fish in a good way, so the fish would know the difference between good and bad fishermen. Others felt that simply letting the fish know they were nice, land-loving neighbors, and how loving and kind they were was enough. Well, after one stirring meeting on the necessity for fishing, one young fellow left the meeting and get this, went fishing. The next day he reported he had caught two outstanding fish. 
He was honored for his excellent catch, and he got scheduled to visit all the big meetings possible to tell how he did it. So he quit his fishing in order to have time to tell about the experience to the other fishermen. He was also placed on the fisherman's general board as a person having considerable experience. Now, it's true that many of the fishermen sacrificed and put up with all kinds of difficulties. I mean, some lived even near the water and bore the smell of dead fish every day. They received the ridicule of some who made fun of their fishermen's clubs and the fact that they claimed to be fishermen yet never fished. They wondered about those who felt it was of little use to attend the weekly meetings to talk about fishing. After all, were they not following the master who said, Follow me and I will make you fishers of men? Imagine how hurt some were when one day a person suggested, I mean the gall of this person, to suggest that those who didn't catch fish were not really fishermen at all no matter how much they claim to be. Yet, it did sound correct. Is a person a fisherman if year after year he never catches a fish? Good question. Tonight, we need to understand that God has called us to be fishers of men. And while it's good to talk about it, and while it's good to preach about it even, eventually we need to go and actually fish. So, brothers and sisters, let's care about our community enough to actually go and be fishers of men, to actually share the gospel with them. Now, we are starting today a community outreach campaign called Cornerstone Cares. So, yes, we need to care about Christ. Yes, we need to care about one another, but we also need to care about our community. And so we are putting out an outreach campaign uh, to try to get the gospel to our community and it's, this, this campaign is called Cornerstone Cares. Now, there is a brand new tract that we produce to let our community know that God cares for them and that we as a church do too. And so we have this new gospel tract, and on the front it simply says, Who cares? And then as you open it up, it says, Do you wonder if anyone really cares about you? And then on the bottom it says, Good news. The answer is, Yes, someone does. And then on the left, it says, number one, God cares about you. And it goes and talks about the gospel and what Christ did for us on the cross to communicate the fact that he, loves for, that he cares for us. And then there's a QR code here that takes them to our website that gives a little more detailed gospel explanation. But then on this side, it says, number two, we care about you. And it goes and talks about the fact that our church does care for our community and that we care for one another as well. And then on the back, it's our address and information and website and all of that. And so we're going to have these. We have these in stacks of 10 on the way out tonight on the table where you can put your ministry interest form, but then you can also trade it for 10 of these to start giving out. Not only do we have these tracks that we're going to be doing, and by the way, on the back it says, Who cares? God does, and so do we. And uh, we want to get that message out into our community uh, starting this week. Uh, in conjunction with that, we have a video. We produced a video that we're going to be putting out on Facebook and YouTube to try to, uh, and not just putting it on YouTube hoping that we'll get views. We're using it as an advertise advertisement. 
So, you know, whenever you go to YouTube and you're looking up something and there's a five second video and you just skip the ad, well, that's going to be us. And hopefully there'll be enough people that will watch the rest of the video and hear about the fact that Cornerstone does care. And so this time we're going to go ahead and watch that video. And uh, thank you to everybody who has participate, participated in this video and is willing to be on camera. I know that's not always fun to do, especially now that you're going to go viral on, on YouTube. Okay, let's go ahead and watch that video at this time. Cornerstone cares. We care. God cares. We care about Christ and His Word. We love Him because He first loved us. Cornerstone cares. God cares. We care. At Cornerstone, we care about one another. Cornerstone is truly a loving church family. Cornerstone cares. God cares. We care. Cornerstone cares about our community. Join us for one of our services to learn about how God cares for you. So we're going to start that starting tomorrow, and I'm excited about how the Lord is going to use this in our community, and uh, I want to encourage you to do your part by starting to pass these out and get the word out that God does care for people here in this area, and so do we. Um, Cornerstone Cares. May we indeed be a church that genuinely, deeply cares for Christ, cares for our church family, and cares for our community. I'd like to end this Cornerstone Care Sunday with one more verse, 1 John 4, verse 21. And the verse simply says this, And this commandment have we from him, that he who loveth God love his brother also. We need to love God, but we need to love our brother also. And not only our brother, but even our neighbors, to the point where we're showing goodness and we're sharing the gospel. Let's pray together tonight. Lord, thank you for allowing us to be here on this Cornerstone Care Sunday. God, I pray you'd help us as a church family to truly, genuinely, deeply care about you and the things that matter to you, your word, your house, your people. Help us to care about one another here in this church family. May we be banded together and have a united a spirit and be of the same mind and the same spirit so that we can strive together for the faith of the gospel. God, help us, Lord, to be involved in the work. Not just let everybody else do the work, but us do our part. It may not be the same part we used to play back in the day when we were younger, but Lord, help us all to be involved. And then help us to care about our community enough to just simply show goodness. And then to care about it enough to share the gospel, to actually go fishing and to not just talk about it, but to actually go do it. And Lord, I pray that you would mightily bless our efforts. Um, Lord, we ultimately want to bring you glory through all of this. This is why we're doing this. And we're trying to be obedient to your word tonight. And so, Lord, I pray that you would help us to follow through with uh, this idea of caring for our 
caring for Christ, our, our church family, and for our community.